In this episode at the Roundtable, Kathy, Penny, and I talk all things professional development, professional learning, and move that to conversations around changes in practice. Another episode of The Wheelhouse begins right now. Welcome to season four of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter. In this season, I am delighted to host a roundtable discussion with two of my favorite leaders in education, Penny Brockway and Catherine Money. We'll focus on one of the foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. You know, in season three, we explored the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. We'll continue exploring accomplishment-driven leadership in this roundtable by thinking about the paradigm shifts we need to make on our journey to becoming accomplishment-driven leaders. At Students Matter, we believe it's a priority as educators to prove to each student and each teacher that they are distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wheelhouse. I'm here back at the roundtable with my good friends, Penny Brockway and Kathy Money. Good morning. Good morning, friends. Good morning. And we're going to carry on that great conversation that we had last week when we talked about a really important paradigm shift, and that is moving moving beyond feedback and thinking about growth. And so I think it makes really good sense that we talk about, you know, one of those things that really is, you know, the foundation of a lot of our work and yet is in, in some ways is the bane of our existence. And that is this idea of professional development and how accomplishment-driven leaders look at that differently as we think about wanting to cultivate changes in practice. So this week's paradigm shift takes us beyond professional development to cultivating changes in our practice. Kind of makes sense that we we, we might as well pick on professional development, right? We've picked on almost <laughs> everything else. So we might as well pick on that as well. Let's talk about professional development. So many people grumble about that term when they hear it and they just cringe. What's Why, why does PD have such a bad name? I immediately think because we often provide it in exactly the way we ask teachers to no longer instruct students, right? Like professional development looks like exactly what we don't want anyone to do anymore in a classroom. Um, lots of sit and get, lots of pile on way more than a person can unpack in a given um, hour or day, whole day. Uh, so that's one reason I think they might cringe or I cringe. Yeah, and it's that, I mean, going to what you said, Penny, with a sit and get, you know, with where, you know, even transferring from professional development to pro professional learning, like being 
intentional about changing that development word to learning um, has happened in some places and intentional about that because that development piece is that to me thinking we're going to do this to you. You're going to come here. We're going to develop you um, like a film or something like a negative. And then you're going to be good to go, go off and, and do exactly what we told you to do, not what we showed you to do, how to do. And then um, we'll do it again in the next, you know, next round versus that learning of what are we, what are we really participating in? What you were alluding or what not alluding to, but actually saying, Penny, is that so how do we engage people in the actual learning of whatever topic that might be that we're working on? That little bit of a shift has has started to happen, but it's still this really like, I don't know. Um, you set calendars at the beginning of the school year, right? Often are they're dictated by um, your collaboration with the, the teachers union with putting that um, calendar together. You set dates based on what? <laughs> Just what, what makes sense in the calendar. Um, and then when it comes time for that, you're thinking, okay, what where are we at? What makes sense to, to learn? And then you're trying scrambling to figure out what do we do during this time um, so that maybe it's meaningful and they're not grumbling, um, but it's still very, um, very superficial. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that really has irked me for, oh my gosh, for as long as I can remember about professional development is this idea that and you alluded to it, Kathy, and I want to just push that even further. We just put dates on the calendar. Like, oh, we're going to learn on these dates, right? As if we're not going to learn at any other time during the course of of, of of the year. And we often choose dates that are really terrible for the people that have to learn. You know, like those horrible, you know, you can all... You can you can mute now if you're listening or you can you can shut this off. But we we... We, we, you know, the, the days when teachers are trying to get ready for kids to come back mm-hmm. and we sideline them and say, oh, well, you don't, don't think about that. They're coming tomorrow, right? Don't think about the fact that you haven't, you know, you're not ready. We're going to, we're going to engage in professional development, professional learning, whatever you want to call it in the worst times we could possibly imagine for the person who needs to be doing the learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in those one day increments, right? We jam pack them so full. And I don't know whether it has to be about those exact days in the school year or professional development when you take in, you know, you go somewhere and take in a conference or in another setting. I like to think I'm a learner, but I'll tell you over the years of time of doing this, it's um, really self-defeating because you walk away with all these fantastic ideas and connections to your work and the things that you think, because it's not that the topics and the ideas aren't aren't solid and aren't good, but you walk away and you go back. And how in the world do you ever get those built into your own practice? Mm-hmm. And that is so defeating. Like I had all these great ideas and, you know, it's a year and a half later, I can remember the great ideas. And I still haven't been able to take more than a step or two in a mm-hmm. direction that I thought was going to be possible, that someone described as possible and and wow, I mean, you know, maybe it's fortitude that that some of us lack, like myself, but I like to think I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, but you can't unpack an entire day and think, 
think that you can use that information when you return to really to really grow and become better at your at your craft. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think this was I was, as I was listening to you. I was trying to remember how long ago this has been. It's been at least a decade, if not longer. I was working with a client, and we were setting the professional the professional learning calendar. And you know, I threw out there. Like, we really need to think about this differently for, for, for teachers, right? I mean, August is a terrible time. It's terrible. Right. Um, And so we did an experiment and it was so beautiful. Um, And I haven't, so what we did was she says, Hey, I have two contractual days that, um, that I have available for professional learning, but it doesn't say we have to do this in August. So what if, what if we did it in July? You know, the give them time to decon to just to unwind after the school year is over, right? Because that's a terrible time to do it. Um, and then let's just let's just pick two days, you know, the end of July, of way away from the holiday, and they won't have to come in August for those two days, and they won't have kids coming the next day. But let what happens if we bring them in? When they still have a ton of summer left and, and they're and they're relaxed and they can, you know, we'll we'll do it somewhere where, you know, it's it's more pleasant than, you know, the school cafeteria or the school library. And that was that was really, really um meaningful because they laughed and they joked and they they were they were open to learning. Um and so I think, you know, uh if we can bust that shift of you know, uh, when we traditionally offer it, that there's a step in in the right direction, you know, as well. I completely agree. And I think being able to, I mean, start the year in a way that that makes sense for the adults to be able to learn and to engage. And I think that you were even um, kind of a little gracious with saying, well, the next day kids are coming. Often it's that same day, that evening, <laughs> they're coming at the elementary level um, for meet the teacher, whatever that is. But it's also being intentional about what does that look like throughout the entire year? Yeah. So not, not about what just fits, right? So we have these days and that are what we've always done, but instead saying, so when is it going to be meaningful? When can we use it? How can we align it to, to the work that we're actually doing? You know, maybe at, at the time of year that we're, it's the end of the quarter and we really want to, you know, at that point, dig in data, make some decisions moving into the second quarter or into the semester. What, even if we got better at being intentional in that way, it would make a difference. I also want to jump in on on a couple of things that Penny said, and that is, you know, and, you know, hey, I, you know, I do a lot of, um, you know, that's part of my gig is I provide a lot of professional learning, you know, to districts across the country. And, you know, we try to move, you know, and, and think differently about that. And, you know, one of the things that she said that really hit just a minute ago was, you know, there's only so much content that someone can absorb. Mm-hmm in a given day, you know, uh, you know, very often, you know, you, you, you bring people in and you bring them in, you know, and for cost purposes and all of that, you, you bring them in and they're going to be there with people for an entire day. And then we pack it, we pack it full of so much content to make it meaningful and worthwhile, but no one can use all that. Mm-mm. Nope. And then you think about the once and dones, 
once and done, right? Yes, like, one and done, one and done. Yeah, you show you show up, and then you we never see you again, or we never focus back in on that work again, right? Whoever we is, whether that's whole district or my building or myself, mm-hmm. and my ability to then have access to whomever that is, and um, be able to ask clarifying questions, be able to dig in deeper if I do have the drive to unpack more and to do that learning. And I I just think that's such an injustice to our teaching staff um, and our principals, anyone in education in their in their walk of of better developing their craft. Um, the access just gets cut off when we when we think that way. Like here's a day's PD, and now I'll go back to the routines of of what we always do. Yeah, it's so frustrating for educators. I mean, that's why they become very, I think not just they, we um, put ourselves in there, just become just very begrudgingly attending. We talk about this, not wanting to, and why would I engage? This isn't going to impact anything. Just become very um, kind of tainted with it. You know, I was just just watching um, one of my favorite weekly series, um, Abbott Elementary. So it just happened to be um, this last week's episode around this group of educators going to this annual conference, you know, and so excited about this. And you had the brand new teachers versus um, those those that have been around for a while and how they approached that learning was just spot on. You know, the new teachers just couldn't get enough. And how do we do this? What does this look like? And, and the ones that have been around for, you know, a, a decade or two were just like, just playing the game, you know, getting the freebies and doing whatever um, to to get back home because it it they just know it's just going to be well. We'll have the same content in a few more years and a few more years, and we won't use it. So it was just spot on to what we're talking about, but in a very comical way um, with what it looks like just to be kind of just over it as educators when we continue to approach professional learning in this way. Well, and I think, Kathy, when you say, um, you know, just go through the motions or however you worded that so beautifully, I think, yeah, and that speaks to the accomplishment-driven leader of what are you doing with the learning of Mm -hmm. your staff following something that they go to? I mean, I'm not sure we're ever going to move away from going to Mm -hmm. um, a conference of some type, but how is it so intentional that those are selected that then there's something that happens afterwards and we honor that learning and we honor those next steps. Yeah. So the, the shift is, you know, as we, as we rip apart professional development, we are not saying that we shouldn't do it, right? We should just do it differently. Mm -hmm. And and accomplishment-driven leaders use professional learning because they want to bring about changes in practice, right? Mm-hmm. Changes in practice. And so when we think about that, we think about changes in practice, then learning becomes, you know, it, it, it's not something that we put on a calendar, but learning occurs you know, in small doses regularly and frequently that doesn't just have to be you know, uh, something that you go to, there's lots of different ways that you can organize and deliver learning. And, and of course, you know, students matter. We have a, we have a formula for adult learning and that is, you know, there's seminar learning. There's something you get somewhere, whether that's reading something, going somewhere, you know, their web, whatever it is, right. There's some content that is new and that, 
you know, but we only take, we only remember, a, you know, like, I think the, the research is like 25%, you know, maybe 35% of what we, what we see and hear in a conference or a course or a webinar, or even an online course, we only take like 35% of that away from away to you know, retain it until we put it into our practice, which we call performance learning, right? You got to use it. You got to use it. What, you know, whatever that is, you've got to try to use it. And then the missing element is often what we call team learning, which a better way of describing that is as needed support. Mm -hmm. I got to have, I got to be able to talk about it with somebody. I got to be able to try it. I got to be, I, you know, I need to be able to ask questions. I need to, if I'm going to take anything away and try to do something with it, I've got to have as needed support. And that's, I think, where that accomplishment driven leader starts to think about how am I going to take professional learning, whatever it is, help people jump to performance learning. We actually use it, change in practice, and then make sure that they have as needed support along the way. Nice summary, Grant. Point blank. (laughs) How do you do that? And how does it infuse every aspect of your working day? I mean, when I think about that picture of growing your adults, growing your students in front of you, your classroom, building principle, that's your staff. When I think about that, that infuses every decision you make. Where placement of new staff, right? Who can team, who can support, who can help? Because you certainly can't be the only support in the building, right? And we talked about that last week a lot too. And so I think there's not a decision you make that then doesn't surround, how do I help make sure my teachers are ready for this? Changes in practice. Mm-hmm. That's on, I mean, that continual support. So as we're, um, you know, guiding our our team, our entire building, our district, whomever that might be towards this strategic, you know, destination, then as Penny said, all of those decisions are very intentional in that level of support. So then it connects back to our um, each. And so what does each person, what is each team, each group, you know, whatever that is, how does, what does their learning look like? And it, this one size fits all, um, isn't, isn't, isn't necessarily the, the right approach. And so how do we do that in moving into that, what you call, or, you know, an accomplishment driven leadership with thinking about the performance learning. And then you mentioned that team learning and how do we get that intentional piece within that, um, to make sure that then it goes to, okay, I really, I want this because it makes sense to me. It's helping me. I'm seeing the changes in my practice. I'm seeing the results of the changes in my practice. Um, so it really allows me to then have that, you know, when we think about that discretionary effort and I want to be a part of this because I'm seeing that, that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. You know, Again, I I do a lot of professional learning, right, all over Mm -hmm. the country. And what I hear, and this always makes me cringe because they'll say, oh, my gosh, thank you. You were so entertaining. This Mm -hmm. was so good. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, I just failed, right? (laughs) Because what I really want them to say is, oh, my gosh, this was so cool. I'm going to go try this. I'm going to go do this. But we you know we we are so accustomed to 
as as educators going to something, putting in putting in our time, and then you know it's an event, so we put it away. <laughs> we we put it away, and we go, oh yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was that wasn't a total waste that. of my time. <laughs> it was what you just said. You were personality and presenting. You're funny, all of that because you you want it to be um, interactive and people to be engaged. Um, but not just take away the entertainment factor. Right. Right. But yet, you know, some, so many times they are, they are ruefully bored out of their mind when they're sitting there in some things that, you know, they appreciate, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, it's important to try to be entertaining, but it's also important to push Mm -hmm. to, you know, our goal, right. My goal, even in being entertaining is that we contemplate and think about ways that we can actually use this to change, to change our practice. I, I think that's, you know, um, in the learning together Academy, which is where we offer a lot of professional learning that always shocks, Mm -hmm. that always shocks teachers and principals when they are in a course in the learning together Academy that we actually, we actually ask, you know, engage them in activities that Mm -hmm. ask them to, (laughs) to try it, right. They are so used to talking about it, but they're so not used to like, okay, let's go try it. <laughs> let's go try it. And then let's talk about what did that feel like and look like and sound like after you tried it, that that is, that is always a shock when, um, for, for folks in their first time in the, the learning together Academy, they're not used to that. And I think that in time support that comes along with that and, um, physically in the building that in time support is where you start to be able to really unpack how discretionary effort can can come, right? I mean, how it can rise to the top. Because I think when you're there and you're working through those little pieces, you find the uniqueness of each person's way of learning and style of learning, their desires to walk in what directions. And that's when you start to really be able to honor that walk. And to what you said at the very beginning, Penny, was this um, really being able to support um, our educators the same as what we would want in the classroom. So the professional learning that that working towards those changing and changes in practice is really a, exa- what we would want to see in classrooms. So everything that we've talked about, every piece of this is then living into what we are supporting our our teachers with, our educators with. And what you described, Grant, with saying that you're involved with it, you're you're going to learn, you're going to try it out. How did that feel? You're reflecting on that. It's what we want for our students. And so that uncomfortableness for the adults um, is so needed because then that uncomfortableness and then finding some um, results in our own learning and then putting that into practice in our classroom, then encourages us to maybe try some things different with our own students. Takes me back to the pacing of learning, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that those little tiny next steps are so vital. And that's a weekly, daily process Mm -hmm. with little chunks of learning um, that you can build, right? One block building on the next one, one, um, ability to see it happen. One little episode in a classroom that builds on the next one that builds on the next one. And pretty soon you're just nudging the change down the road, right? Instead of dumping or (laughs) bulldozing, right? You're Mm -hmm. just nudging as you go. And it's, 
it's creating itself right in front of you as, as um, you support and you make that happen. Sometimes I think accomplishment driven leaders, as much as they have a vision and, you know, a destination they're headed for, they're shocked when the change starts to happen. <laughs> because I think that little bit of nudging, a little bit of a time, all of a sudden it creeps up on you. And it's this big heap of adjustment and change we have made that we really didn't even expect to happen that quickly because it was just our daily routine of how we went about our work. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's an important thing to remember. You don't have to eat the elephant, right? And eventually, eventually, if we do this really well, then our, our, our colleagues, our educators, those that we are, you know, supporting in their growth journey, will look at professional learning and see that as an opportunity Mm -hmm. for support in those changes in practice, right? If we do this right, then they'll see that, hey, there, there are going to be some nuggets of, there are going to be some things that we're going to be able to add to our toolbox. It's going to get us closer to this destination. I'm going to have the opportunity to try it out. I'm going to have the opportunity to get some as needed support, whether that's with a colleague, whether that's with you know, my principal, whoever it is, that this is a this is a, a a growth journey, right? That ultimately growth means change in practice. And when they know what that change in practice needs to look like at the at the end, right? They'll craft what the learning needs to be for their next step. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the vital piece of becoming such a great communicator that listening is your number one goal Mm -hmm. is I need to listen in with every bit of verbal and nonverbal I have listen in, in order to better understand how do, how do I craft that person's next step with them, right. From their perspective and understanding what it is they need to go in the direction we are all going together. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that collective drives those conversations that um, set the calendar and really pushing towards that being um, a different approach. And because I, I, I've lived it, I've experienced it, I want something different. And I, I want to be able to, to really bust this, this paradigm of, you know, setting our, our learning based on a calendar. Um, I think the conversation is vastly different at that point. Um, when you, when you all are experiencing that change. I'm working with a district, you know, in, in New England and they were, we were struggling as a, you know, and I'm supporting them. We were struggling in thinking about, um, how are we going to how are we going to build some capacity and give them opportunities for change in practice when we are so limited by the calendar and by you know t- of time of uh, availability and we invented um it's called quick bites and we invented these 15 minute modules right 15 minute um, little teeny pieces of learning because we're all focusing in this particular district on authentic relationships. And so, you know, we're, 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 we're going to tear apart authentic relationships into teeny weeny little bite size, bite size nuggets between now and the rest of the, uh, at the end of the school year to see if, you know, a, a 15 minute, whenever you want to at your own time, you know, um, 
asynchronous conversation that we can then bring to a synchronous synchronous conversations at staff meetings is going to is going to help you know help us bring those nuggets to to and help them think about changes in practice so i'm i'm really curious mm-hmm. to see how um i think it's really cutting edge in so many ways to think about how we're going to be able to use these these quick bites to drive to drive the conversation and to bring about changes in practice uh, in a way that's comfortable and easy uh, for for the educators in that district. I'm excited to to hear about that journey because that it does seem very cutting edge. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, we launched it last week, and I'm like, okay. I'm so so pumped to see you know mm-hmm. how this plays out between now and and the middle of June when we wrap up seven modules of quick bites, right? just really really tiny. You know, I think the the first one was like 13 minutes and 12 seconds, <laughs> right? Really mm-hmm. short, really mm-hmm. short bites on uh, on one on one particular topic that is crucial to their strategic plan. Love that, mm-hmm. and keeping it fresh, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, usable when it's ready for that person, whether that's 5 a.m. in the morning or mm-hmm. midnight, right? How? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, that's the world we're in, and that's that's part of the change we have to look for. Yeah, Absolutely. Awesome. Any final thoughts, my friends, on professional learning or development, whatever whatever your word is that you love, to changes in practice? There's just pauses. You know, if 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 a podcast could see our faces, right? And we're looking at each other and we're nodding and we're doing like smiling, this really, you know, contemplating our own thoughts. Yes, yeah, smiling, thinking like, yeah, this is. Because it it pushes, um, you know, us in our in our current positions as well. Because there we're we're not, you know, necessarily experiencing um, to the fullest what you know what we're what we're talking about and really wanting. But knowing that we're getting closer and closer to that, and how do we how do we continuously shift our own practices as leaders um, within districts to to continue to shift everybody else's practice. So I think there's just a lot of, a lot of ahas going on in my, my mind too, which, you know, that's why I love these conversations. I was going to say something, basically the same, Kathy. I love these conversations because as much as we've had some of these conversations before and with others, it's always fresh. It's always new. It is my bite-sized little chunk, mm-hmm. that little nugget that drives my week to help me think and to help me really stay on the path that that I know it's going to take, that we know it's going to take in order to make a difference for kids. And um, I wish for every educator that they have a team like this, right, to think with and to thrive with. I think that's a that's a piece of this change in practice that's vitally important. And we're doing it on a Monday morning at 7.30 a.m. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, we are. <laughs> So in in our next episode, in episode seven, we're going to think about growth in a multidimensional a little bit, right? Because we know that uh, that traditional leaders focus a lot on student growth. It's where the pressure comes from. It's where accountability comes from. So that is not a criticism. That's the reality of the world that we live in, right? And it's what we're about. We're about student growth, accomplishment-driven leaders, and the shift that we'll talk about they recognize that we got to get adult growth first. 
Mm -hmm. We're not going to see student growth until we get to adult growth. We're going to tear that apart on another on another early morning, and we'll see you back for episode seven. And that wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of season four drop every Tuesday beginning February 7th and running through March 28th. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online course on accomplishment-driven leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share or a leadership problem you'd like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on LinkedIn or Mastodon, and of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify or any other place where you find your podcasts. It can also be found on our website uh, at Captivate, and that address is HTTPS forward slash forward slash the dash wheelhouse dot captivate dot fm slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work. But being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we got this.